I novelist projected prophecies to properly organize my family plan to overrun monopolies contaminate your irrealism in the schism claiming psychopathic yet you delicate as linen I practice kinetic calisthenics proceed to be the vocal homicide catalyst decipher my analysis welcome Peter Report readers and listeners and viewers to the latest edition of the Peter Report podcast I'm Scott Reynolds Alongside me is Mark Cook, and we're going to be joined by Bucks legend and good friend of ours, Warren Sapp, in a couple of minutes. He's going to be talking not just about the Bucks' recent Super Bowl, but also keeping it relevant, keeping it current, talking about some of the Bucks' um, guys that they might be interested in, right? Some defensive tackles. That's his specialty, of course, as a Hall of Famer, and also some edge, edge rush guys, too. The Buccaneers, of course, Mark, re-signed Shaq Barrett. Uh, and they got Jason Pierre Paul back, so they got their bookend pass rushers back for another year. I know Shaq and Sapp are very close. Uh, Sapp was rooting for him hard to break his single season Bucks sack record in 2019, which he did with 19 and a half sacks to lead the league. And um, Warren Sapp, I had a conversation with him last week in setting up the, the podcast. He was excited to have Shaq back in Tampa to help this Buccaneer squad try to repeat, but. At the same time, wasn't really happy that he only got seventeen million. He said, "If um, you know, if he was Shaq, he would have certainly tested free agency just to see what other teams would have uh, been paying him." But uh, listen, and I, I liked his reasoning, Scott. He said, yeah. "You franchised me last year, so yeah. you know, a little bit of spiteful war in there." But it may, you know, I see where he's coming from. I and mean, you franchised me, you didn't let me see what I could get when I had nineteen and a half sacks, and now when I only have eight sacks, now you want to, now you want to throw a contract out my way. Um, that's that's typical sap. That's why I can't wait to have him on this on this broadcast because he doesn't hold anything back, unfiltered. Warren Sapp. No, you, you never know what you're going to get either from Warren Sapp, which is which is uh, exciting, riveting. Um, and uh, and can be a little dangerous. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see which direction he takes us. Uh, I I know nothing about the draft prospects in terms of what Sap is going to say. Now we had a, a conversation on the, on the phone last week, and he wanted to he wanted to to put his expertise. And listen, you, you and I both know, Mark, and, and we're not blowing smoke here. This is one of the smartest football players yeah. I've ever covered, and I'm sure the same for you. Yeah, no, Warren Warren is um, you know, he's he's very smart, he's very intelligent. I mean, certainly he was blessed with some amazing God-given abilities, but um, you know, Warren wasn't a guy that just completely relied on that. I mean, from the shoulders up, uh was as good as from the shoulders down for this guy. And the fact that you gave him some homework, I love that, Scott. Yeah. I mean, you gave me some homework too, but you gave him some homework and he yeah. jumped right on it. I mean, he sent us a video of him he watching did. film. I mean, he was yeah. he's deadly serious about looking into this and I and I I like his breakdowns that he does on Twitter after games and things like that where he uh takes a look at buccaneer players and things like that not even just buccaneer players right uh again unfiltered doesn't hold anything back that's why we love warren sap yeah so we got about a, a dozen prospects that that sap's going to talk about today uh real quick rundown and i know you guys are waiting for the celsius uh plug and we're going to get to that in a second but but the the defensive tackles Alabama's Christian Barmore Washington defensive tackle Levi Onzerike who was in our latest Bucks Mock draft on PeterReport.com. We got a new one coming out tomorrow, by the way. New seven-round Bucks mock draft drops tomorrow. Uh, Ohio State defensive tackle Tommy Togiai, Iowa defensive tackle Davion Nixon, North Carolina State defensive tackle Aleem McNeil, Texas A&M defensive tackle Bobby Brown the third. When it comes to edge rushers, 
Penn State defensive end, Jason Owe, Texas defensive end. These are all edge guys, defensive end, outside linebackers. They'll be outside linebackers in Tampa uh, should the Bucks draft them. Joseph Osai from Texas, Washington's Joe Tryon, Oklahoma's Ronnie Perkins, Northern Iowa's Ellerson Smith, and then a couple guys that Warren Sapp's familiar with coming from the U, right? Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, Gregory Rousseau. We'll get his thoughts on all those guys and more. We appreciate everybody tuning in to uh, this Peter Report podcast, which should be pretty special. We're expecting Warren Sapp around 4.15. And in the meantime, Mark, uh, I think it's time for a little, uh, you know, Celsius here, right? I got the the orange sickle today. Um and Mark, I noticed you were talking about the orange sickle uniforms in your Pewter Report mailbag. So, um, so make sure you check out Mark's Pewter Report mailbag. Drink one of these orange sickle Celsius heats, and let's go. Sparkling grapefruit. Sparkling oh, grapefruit. Go. There you go. You I'm got switching one. it up. Yes. I love it. The Peter Report podcast is sponsored, as always, by our good friends at Celsius. Best thing about Celsius when you're drinking this is whether it's the heat or whether it's the, the slim can version the market has got with the sparkling flavors or even the green tea flavors is you get the energy rush, the boost, um, but you don't get the crash because there's no sugar, no preservatives. So it's the healthiest energy drink you're going to find around. Where can you find it? Well, that's easy. Go to pewterreport.com, click on those Celsius banners. They'll take you to Amazon where you can buy them in bulk and save money. Or if you want to just grab a can just to try uh, you know, a couple of these different flavors we've talked about on the Pewter Report podcast, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and all of a sudden, pop, 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 you're going to find all of these convenience stores, grocery stores, health fitness stores that will sell Celsius near you. So, Mark. Um, we had a chance to, and if you just are joining us now, uh, we will be having Warren Sapp. He's already confirmed for today. So we're going to have Warren Sapp talking D-line, which is his specialty, of course. And we're going to have him, um, talking about the top defensive ends, pass rushers, some of these defensive tackles. It's not a great class for defensive tackles. So it's going to be interesting to, to yeah. see what he has to say. Speaking of defensive tackles, the Bucks, I think, are playing a little bit of a waiting game. Mark, with Ndamukong Sue, with Leonard Fournette, with Antonio Brown. The guess here is that all three of those guys come back once the market kind of settles a little bit. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, there's some reports out that, um, and, and it started last week, that Russell Wilson was kind of uh, campaigning to get Antonio Brown in Seattle, a little bit more chatter towards that. But, you know, Scott, you've been doing this for 25 years now, maybe 26. I'll be, this will be 11 for me. Um, we know a lot of times these chatters and things we hear agents, right. Uh, kind of, kind of throwing some stuff out there. It doesn't mean Russell Wilson doesn't want him. It doesn't mean there was, wasn't some chatter there, but the fact that it was getting thrown out again today, um, you know, makes you wonder where that's coming from. I don't, you know, I, listen, I could live without Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown. It's not going to break my heart. If yeah. Levante David had left this football team, if 
Um, if Shaq Baird left this football team, then we got some major problems. But those two guys, I think, are, are a couple players the team can can get by without, particularly at running back. I mean, I like what Antonio Brown brings to the team. I don't know that I trust Antonio Brown to make it an entire season. He did good in a half year last year, yeah. right? No yep. policeman call that we know of. So because Greg Allman would have found that because he reads the police blotter every day. But um, well, no, but, but he, John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, we broke the Jaden Mickens. Around. That's true. That's true. John Ledyard giving Greg Allman a run for his money right. when it comes to the crime trackers of the NFL. So yeah, we good hate job there, John. stories, too. I we know. That. Like, so let's just focus on football, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but anyway, I, you know, we'll see what happens. There's no doubt about it. The Buccaneers are kind of letting the market settle. Scott, we talk about it every year, right off the bat, March 17th. That's your first wave of free agency. Yeah. The following weekend after the weekend comes, that's kind of your second wave of free agency. Then things kind of just settle down in between now and the start of OTAs and things like that is kind of your third wave. And then right before training camp, there's some guys out there, a guy like DeMar Dotson last year that signed late with Denver. Um, those kind of guys. And AQ Shipley that signed late with the Buccaneers. That's kind of your fourth tier of the free agency waves. Right now, we're kind of in between that second and third wave. And, you know, from what we understand, Scott, some of these guys, and I don't know about Fournette and Brown, but, but there's some guys out there that are free agents right. that probably have a little bit higher opinion of themselves than the teams do. And that's why you're not seeing maybe as much movement as, as, as some people would like. Right. Well, one of the guys that did resign with the Buccaneers is Rob Gronkowski. He spoke with the media today and um, you know, we, we, we've got a couple of great sponsors on the Peter report podcast. And one I'm going to talk about right now, as it pertains to Gronkowski is pretty cool. It's playbook products. Now playbook products. If you, if you haven't seen these guys in action yet, they've got some of the greatest Buccaneer plays. And what they do is they take those plays, they put them on things like coasters and, and wall art. And in this case, you can see here on the screen, some awesome coffee mugs. So we were just talking about that. They've got the Bronk, uh, sorry, the Brady to Gronk Super Bowl touchdown. They've got Scotty Miller's touchdown right before the half at Green Bay. That plays all X's and O's and drawn up. They've also got, as you see here, the pick six to seal it. That's Tampa Bay beating Philadelphia at the vet with Rondé Barber's 92-yard pick six. They also have Derek Brooks's pick six from Super Bowl 37. So with 200-plus teams, including pro and college, not to mention Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup playoffs goal by Anthony Sorelli in overtime in the conference finals, you can find some really cool plays mementos and and awesome types of of uh, art on some amazing gifts go to playbookproducts.com get them for yourself again they make great gifts for the friends and and family members in your life so playbookproducts.com that's really a cool concept i like that a lot i'm 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 considering getting um you know the cedric brown interception in 1981 the only score in that loss to the Broncos, my very first Buccaneer game for my 11th birthday present. I think I'm going to get that put on a coffee mug, maybe, or maybe, yeah. maybe a t-shirt. I don't know. Whatever they can do it on. If they had, cool. had the Cyro uh, Grayson uh, doink face mask. That's uh, the one I'm going to get you for your birthday. this year. I was going to say that would be an appropriate gift for me. Yes. Uh, so um, what, you know, you were on, on the conference call with, with Gronkowski today, again, Warren Sapp joining us here in a matter of minutes to talk about uh, the defensive line prospects and edge rushers in this draft class. But uh sounded like Rob Gronkowski was very excited to be back uh, in Tampa. He also said that he wants to continue to do one year deals. And it's interesting because we're, we're kind of talking, you know, back in the Super Bowl days here with Warren Sapp, but, 
But Rondé Barber was like that too, Mark. This was yeah. a guy that the last, I think, three years of his playing career, he and Mark Dominic kept doing those one-year deals. He played all the way through the Shiano years. And uh, it sounds like Gronk wants to kind of do the same thing. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, you know, he doesn't know what his future holds. I mean, look, the guy's made a lot of money. He's got a lot of money. He's popular. He's got a supermodel girlfriend. He travels the world. He's all over Instagram. You know, he's got YouTube channels. Um, Are you saying he's living his best life? Is that what you're saying? He's he's everything that every one of us watching and listening to this podcast wants to be. We all want to grow up and be Rob Gronkowski one day. Um, the guy's amazing, and he, he's a character. He's great. Uh, hope, you know, we can't wait to get back to normalcy, Scott, in terms of all this COVID situation where we can get back in that locker room. Could you imagine a, a Wednesday afternoon? You know, there are sometimes, Scott, even the last few years, you know, it's it's Thursday, week 13. We've asked every player everything, you know, okay, we got 45 minutes to stand around the locker room. I will never be bored if Rob Gronkowski is in that locker room. You yes, know sir. he's going to hold court. It's going to be yeah. Uh, a great time all the way around. But but Rob wants to sign one-year deals. He doesn't know each year. You know, it all depends on how his body feels. He was able to play 20 games last year, which was yeah. really amazing because if if you would have taken odds with one of our other great sponsors, of course, but if you would have made a bet with me, Scott, on um, if Rob was going to be able to manage to play, if, say, for instance, the Buccaneers did make 20 yeah. games, uh, would he be able to do it? Or even a 16-game schedule, I would have said no. I mean, the guy yeah. had a ton of lingering injuries, and that's one of the reasons why he retired. I mean, he was just sure. beat up. His body, body was physically beat up. And in this Tampa heat, we know it's notorious for guys having soft tissue injuries and things yeah. like that, and just the wear and tear of the heat early on in training camp. But uh, but he made it. He did a great job. But one-year contracts what, make a lot of sense for him. They do. And, and the interesting thing, too, is when you look at, 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 um, at, at the O.J. Howard situation, right? I mean, O.J. Howard – uh, was was lost after what week three week four actually week four is the the Chargers, Chargers game right? right so that that made Rob Gronkowski have to play a lot more snaps than I think even he or the sure. team anticipated because he really was kind of fulfilling that role of his uh, of that that uh, multi dimensional tight end the guy that was the inline blocker as well as the receiving target because that's not exactly Cam Braid's strength no and you saw you know Antonio Clair get get injured. Uh, a bit and and then Tanner Hudson that's that's not his role he's more of just that pure move tight end that H back that receiving type tight end at this stage of his career and yeah Gronkowski ended up playing um, a, a ton of snaps and didn't miss a, a single game did have a shoulder uh, injury that he played through but uh, looked like when he was catching those two touchdowns at Raymond James Stadium on Super Bowl Sunday that uh, that he was certainly a-okay yeah he was and um, you know, one of the things that I asked him about specifically today, everybody has speculated how good this offense could be in year two with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and virtually returning, hopefully, pretty much everybody on this team. Another year with this offensive line. OJ Howard will be back. Tom Brady will be in his second year. Rob talked about, you know, he wasn't at his best. I mean, as well as we can say that he played, yeah. he didn't really feel he was at his best because. He was learning a new playbook. He was getting acclimated to new teammates and things like that. So, you know, he thinks there's no question that this team can be um, a, a heck of a lot better next year and, and will be a heck of a lot better with a second year in the system and, and him in particular, which I thought was kind of refreshing hearing from a guy who's pretty much done it all. Doesn't have a whole lot left to prove in the NFL, uh, but but he but he cautioned everybody. We're going to have we're going to bring everybody back. The defense is back. Everybody's excited. It doesn't matter. We have to put in the work. The work still has to be done. We can't just show up 
the first day of training camp or the first game and, and flip a switch. He said it, and, and this was a great quote from Rob too. It's hard to win a playoff game. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. But he said it's hard to win a regular season game. So the you know to repeat a Super Bowl champs is not an easy thing to do, but it's right. certainly something that he and his teammates are really geared up to try and do. And you know what? You look at this market and going to back to what Rob just said there. When you look at the fact that the Buccaneers trailed the Chargers and the Falcons, two teams that didn't make the playoffs, they trailed right. by 17 points. They trailed the Chargers at home and they trailed the Falcons on the road late in the season, right when the Buccaneers were really picking up some steam and were pretty healthy. Um, you know, that, that I think Donovan Smith missed that, that Falcons game. Josh Wells got the start in that game. But, you know, when you look at, at, at that and having to come back from 17-point deficits, it just goes to show you that that's exactly what Rob Gronkowski means is, it, it, you know, on any given Sunday, right? Yeah. And not just that, but especially this year with the Bucks being Super Bowl champions, right? You're going to get every team's best, every team, not just yeah. the playoff caliber teams, not just the NFC South teams, but but the the teams that are like the bottom feeders, the teams that didn't make the playoffs, right? Because it's their Super Bowl, Scott. They know they're not a playoff team in 2021, yeah. whatever these teams are, the bottom feeders. We saw that with the Buccaneers. Listen, the Buccaneers, and 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 I saw Mark Fisher's on here. He's a longtime 1976 Buccaneer guy too. I remember games in the 80s when the Buccaneers were just awful, but they would play up to the Bears when the Bears would come to town or the Packers or, or maybe a better team, whoever it was, because, I mean, it was their Super Bowl. It was their game that they scheduled the beginning of the season. You know, hey, we can really, really make a name for ourselves if, if we were to beat this particular team. And yeah. the Buccaneers occasionally did it. Most of the time they ended up losing late in the game. But my point is, is, is when the schedule comes out and it's going to be later this year, what, first of May, it's going to be yeah, after the draft. After the draft, yeah. So, you know, but teams are going to be looking at that. You know, we're going to be facing the world champion Buccaneers. They're they're going to be up for every single game. And the Buccaneers are going to have to match that intensity because believe it or not, and I know a lot of people don't believe this, the the difference between the the best team in the league, the Super Bowl winner, and and the Jets, it's not a ton of talent difference. No. It's really not. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but overall talent-wise, you know, it's not always that much, and, and you sure. can you can I, lose. The Jets beat the Rams late in the season, did they not? I think that was their one win this year. <laughs> I mean, well, and and the thing too is 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 uh, when when you look at you know at that Falcons game, and and I think this kind of speaks to to what Rob Gronkowski was saying. They scored thirty one points, Mark, in the second yeah. half yeah. to come back to beat the Falcons, right? And there were no defensive touchdowns. There were some some takeaways there to help the Buccaneers, yeah. you know, turn it around. But it wasn't like there was a special team score. There wasn't a scooping score. There were no pick sixes. That was, you know, that that, that was a situation where the offense maxed out. I think on every possession, put points on the board, scored thirty one points, and and it's that reason why I thought that two thousand twenty one was going to be the year the Bucks went to sure. the Super Bowl, especially given the COVID conditions that knocked out. The, the OTAs, the mini camps, the truncated training, yeah. they took away the preseason games where Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield and, and Rob Gronkowski and, and Tom Brady are playing their first games as Buccaneers. And for Winfield and Wirfs, it was their first NFL game ever against the defending NFC South champion uh, New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. So to me, that that's that's an instance where, you know, I, I, I expected – 
2021 to be even better, especially from the offensive side. And I think it's going to be. I think that's the scary thing. And you know what, Scott? I think the defense is going to be better because, honestly, when you talk about some of those games that the Buccaneers are trailing in, that Chargers game, they were giving up long touchdown passes to some players that I'd never heard of, some Chargers receivers, right? Some undrafted free agents that are they're burning them for 80-yard touchdowns. There was a couple long touchdown throws by Justin Herbert in the first half of that game. I mean, the Saints just – I mean, I'm sorry, the Falcons were just – moving the ball at will in that first half in that game. Um, and, and this defense kind of caught fire there in the second half and then played better down the stretch. Daniel Jones almost beat this football team. Nick Foles did beat yeah. this football team. This defense is going to be a better football team too in 2021. You yeah. know who else said the same thing that you said? And, and I think we all agreed that, you know, whatever happened in 2020, that would just be gravy. I was talking to Jake Arians last week and, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, I was, I was, 2020 was house money, you know, Hey, yeah. make the playoffs, you know, and we help change the culture. Brady right. gets here. He starts getting in a groove and it's all about 2021. Well, they, <laughs> you know, they exceeded all expectations last year. Uh, and that clearly puts the bullseye and the target directly on that football team. As we talked about for, for every game this upcoming season. Yep. So we, we had a rundown of the players that we're going to talk about when Warren Sapp joins us here in just a few minutes. He will what? join us. You people in the chat that are questioning it, don't question Sapp. I'm he's, gonna I'm gonna mention you name by name. I've Ray already Dyer. texted Sapp today. He's already confirmed. He just said, How about 415? And I said, That's fine. So we're on Warren Sapp's time. Whenever he shows, it's whenever he shows. Uh oh. And uh oh right on cue. Right on cue. What's up, Warren? How you doing? What's good, baby? How are you? I'm trying to find a way to make it between heaven and earth without touching dirt anywhere, baby. I was running home <laughs> to get on the damn podcast. <laughs> I said, hey. Damn it. They would, they would pick the one day that I had a little time off, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you joining the Peter Report podcast, Warren, uh, uh, as always. And and uh, I, I wanted to just kind of start off real quick. I, I, everyone's excited All about right. Let me make Getting sure my Wi-Fi is up and running so I can not, not break up too much. I hate when I'm breaking up. That's all right. We got you good. We got you all loud right. and clear. Um, but I, I, I wanted to, to real quick get your thoughts as the original Super Bowl champion, uh, just what it was like for you watching the 2020 version of the Buccaneers uh, make the Super Bowl and win it at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, it was refreshing. Refreshing because, you know, when you your franchise hadn't won a championship in 18 years and hadn't won a playoff game since you left, there's been some little slim, slim pickings around there as far as playoff things to yell about. And when I saw Tom had the boys all locked up and ready to go and you were going to need 35 to come anywhere close to beating us, oh, yeah, I started betting. <laughs> I ain't got to be honest, baby, I started betting. You know what I'm saying? I used to not be a better when I played the game, but I didn't, I didn't got a little – Adventurous in my old age. Warren, <laughs> <laughs> would you have bet that that this Todd Bowles defense would have kept that Kansas City high-powered offense out of the end zone on Super Bowl Sunday? Not out of the end zone, but I knew we had a chance to kick their ass because they had no offensive line. Yeah, I mean, we have two guys opt out at the beginning of the year, and they don't want anything to do with it. And then Shaq, JPP. Vita had then came back and started getting good pressure up the middle. Him and him and Sue were working good together. So yeah, I just I, I look I look I look at the front. You know me. Yeah. I, I look at the front and I keep it one hundred. The front was ready to go and yeah. we ready to yeah. kick a little bootay. How about that? 
Yes. And and one of those guys to kick some some boote in the postseason was Shaq Barrett, who got the franchise tag the previous year, cashed in on a big deal. Um, you and I had a conversation about about Shaq last week. Um, it was kind of a, a bittersweet thing for you in terms of yes, he's back in pewter and red, but did he did he cash in though? No, I'll tell you exactly what I said. I mean, I, I ain't got nothing to hide in the conversation. I tell you, I took a peek over the damn fence to yeah. see what somebody else was going to offer me. I mean, right. I, that's the ultimate thing in the National Football League is to get a shot, a peek at a free agent contract. Yeah. Shit, 170 ain't bad. 200 is a little bit better, and 250 is even better. So yeah. why, why wouldn't you? But, you know, I, I I I have to give you a report. You know, I looked up and you gave me this information that she, that Rosenhaus was his agent. Yeah. So I hit so I hit Drew and said, you know, why wouldn't Shaq look and get another offer from another team? And you know, he ran down the normal bullshit about this and that and the salary cap coming down. I'm like, yeah, when the fuck is that ever matter? <laughs> like <laughs> kind of like the like the Rooney rule. No one gives a damn. <laughs> what's <Right>. the fine? <laughs> what's the fine again okay yeah. all right i'll be fine yeah jesus <laughs> well uh warren you you have um you know you, you you've become really peter reports uh chief uh actually we'll call a director of scouting how about that we'll give you that title uh when it comes to defensive line there's only two people i turn to in the nfl for for supreme knowledge and you're at the top of the list so um you 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 kind of took it upon yourself to to do some scouting of these guys, and we greatly appreciate it. And I wanted to get get your thoughts on uh, on these defensive linemen. Warren, are you ready to to break down some of these guys? Let's go. All right, <laughs> Let, let's talk about a guy that was that was uh, that, that I think most of the the mock drafts have the Bucks taking if they're going to go defensive line in the first round. And that's Christian Barmore from Alabama. What do you know about this kid, Warren? I got the worst Wi-Fi in the history of the world. I didn't hear any of that. Okay. Uh, Christian Barmore from Alabama. What, what are your thoughts on him? It sounds like it's bouncing off of a ricochet and hit me back in the face. I, don't, I, I have no idea what you just said to me. Uh, we'll try it one more time. Christian Barmore from Alabama. Hey. Christian Barmore, what, what what's the, what's the book on him? Yeah, what's yeah, the book? He, what they? I mean, what are they saying? Yeah, uh, did first round, first defensive tackle off the board, eight sacks, three forced fumbles last year. Basically, a two year guy at Alabama. That first 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 round guy here. Yes, that's <laughs> that's what a lot of the mock drafts say. Let's wait for the evaluation because what I saw when I went over there to uh, Joe Murphy uh, Performance Center was not even third round material really and you, wow. you had a chance to meet the kid and spend some time with him oh no the chance to get him on the football field and walk him through the five steps to the quarterback and if they're telling me that this is the first round guy then aaron donald did get blocked 70 percent of the time in the double team <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a big barmore fan I just promise you this: if these eyes right here that you're looking at is telling you a lie about talent, then shoot me. I won't talk no more football. If this kid's a perfect, I won't talk about football. What, what didn't you like about his game? And then we'll move on to other guys. I won't make a public. I won't make a tweet or 
Instagram post unless it's the kids, you know, playing sports. Nothing personal. Right. I'll take off a whole year if Barmore is a first round pick. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, how about uh, uh, Washington defensive tackle Levi Anzirike? I heard Washington's defense. Yeah, the defensive tackle Levi Anzirike, the defensive tackle from Washington. Oh, that that is the one guy that I looked at that said he's a project. Mm -hmm. Not first round, not second round, maybe third, mid third round. He's a project. He's got some size. He's got a little wiggle to him. I saw him do a spin move, so mm -hmm. his feet ain't too bad. But other than that, if you're looking for a nose tackle, go find the big brown dude. The big brown dude from Texas A&M has got a little wheels on him, and he played with a Q-tip on his hand, so I know he's tough. So whenever <laughs> you play with a Q-tip on I've done that in a football game. That, that shit is tough to play what with a Q-tip, and you can't stick it in your end. Huh? You you like the kid Bobby Brown from Texas A&M, 6'4", 325 pounds. If you're looking for a nose tackle, then that's where you go. But he's got to lose 15, 20 pounds. That's what my notes say, 15, 20 pounds. Then he'll be a lot better guy, mobile, you know, maybe a bowling ball of butcher knives. But other than that, there ain't, there's slim pickings inside, I promise you. It is, yeah, it is yeah. not fair. And if anybody's telling you they have more than – if they're telling you it's two first-round defensive tackles, they're lying. <laughs> what, yeah. Why, Warren? Why is why is Barmore so high on on all of these mock drafts? Is they do you think the mock draft people have him higher than the NFL evaluators themselves when they look at the film? I guarantee you they do, because the, what you look at in the 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 scout is the eye test on the tape. You know, he was in the national championship game. I thought the kid was a baller myself. I couldn't wait to get up there, mm -hmm. dude. I'm telling you, Mark. I was going one two. Of the five steps to the quarterback. <laughs> I'll send it to you after this, Scott. When we get finished, you look at it and you tell me if you see first round talent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and, and it, it, just, just in case, uh, and neither three of us is making a pick. And I and I'm betting my whole social media life he ain't going first round. I'm guaranteeing. No way. No chance. Wow. Okay. Wow. No chance. That, that, that's something. And that's you, news. That's news right yeah, there. You personally worked out Christian Barmore. Uh, here in Tampa too, so you you had the hands-on experience with that. Yeah, I got up at five thirty in the morning and drove to Tampa to get there by ten thirty. Yeah, <laughs> and you were not impressed. I threw my hat, I threw my hat and my lovely Roka sunglasses that are light as a feather because you know I ride them on the bike. You know, yeah. got had light sunglasses. But I, I've thrown my hat and my sunglasses, and at a, one point I'm sitting there like, do this, and he was doing something else. Wow. To the point where another person said, you're not doing that. And then he looked at both of us and were like, what? So I tried it one more time. And then when he didn't do it that time, I picked up my glasses and my visor and I walked off. I didn't say another word to anybody. I just left. Wow. How, how in the world, this is amazing to me, when you've got a legendary football player trying to coach you up and give you technique no, no, and, and no, trying no. to evaluate you. I'm not coaching you up. I'm just watching what you're doing and see if I can shave a little corner for you. Right. Like, but I, because I've watched this position, these eyes ain't gonna lie to me four feet down. I what, what was he just not taking direction, Warren, or was he just not have the ability to follow direction? Because there's a big difference there. Both. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. If wow. I tell you, if I tell you, Mark, swing your left arm and you move your right, I got a real issue with you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, it, That's, it. That's just one example. Trust me. This. 
I mean, for me to throw my visor and throw my, you know, three hundred dollar yeah. Murata glasses on, you know, you come telling you this is. I'm like, is there something wrong with me? You know, because you know sometimes I can be a little, you know, little, little, little like sandpaper. Let's say, you know, <laughs> a little gritty. No, not you, Warren. No, never. Never, right? Nah. Never. <laughs> a little coarse, you know. Let's say a little right. coarse, you know. Right. I have a direct way of speaking. You, know? you do. I, I, I was, I, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm losing them, you know. So I broke it down, you know, <laughs> just one two, like a good box, you know, one two, yeah. one two, you know, one two. Oh boy. He went one, two, three, four, five. He went one, two, three, four, five. I went, how many steps did you just take? He's like four or five. You know, you, you, ain't, you ain't even definite on how many you took, four or five. And I say, what drill are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. One, two. What two? Right. How many steps did you take? Four or five. What the f <laughs> Um, so, so you're not impressed with this defensive tackle class. Good thing, good thing they don't have a combine this year, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're not impressed with this this defensive tackle class. Levi Onzariki, the, the Washington kid, uh, re really was kind of miscast as a nose tackle. He was probably more of a three tech uh, at at the next level. But but yeah. you, you said there's something to work with there. His hands were were flashing a little bit on tape. No, his feet. His feet is balanced. You no, know, just his overall game. Okay. Yeah, his overall game. He 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 had some things that you can work with. He has some things on tape that you see that you can build upon. Yeah. And so does the Brown kid. If you're looking for a nose tackle, right? The kid, Iowa, fifty-four, Davin. Yeah, Davion Nixon. There it is, him. Yeah. Oh my God, he got seven sacks. So you know me, I I I like to just put the tape on and right. watch. So. See if they jump out like a turn in the punch bowl because if you're a first round pick, I shouldn't. You should be the best of the eleven guys on your football field unless you're right. playing with me, Ray Lewis, and C.J. Richardson in the back. You know, now right. you might be number three on the tape. You know, yep. so I'm watching the tape and I'm like, all right, let me just go to the sacks. You know, let me, yep. so I know they made a play. <laughs> <laughs> it said he had four sacks versus ILNW. Can somebody identify that school? No. Yeah. No, no idea. I didn't oh, know wow. Illinois had a directional school because Illinois doesn't even have an east. I, there's no true, south. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's no east. How the hell they got a directional school in Chicago? But ILNW, I'm like, he had four games. Well, them? I mean, okay. I, I mean, uh, IL would be Illinois, and then NW would be Northwestern, but. You know, I, I, I guess maybe they're saying between those two games, he got those sacks, maybe. So I, I don't know. No, this one game. Oh. That's one game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and really, the, the other guy that that uh, is getting some acclaim, and we've seen him like emerging in second, third round for mocks, is that NC State kid, Aleem McNeil, 6'2, 320. He played three tech as a junior, he was a nose tech, or sorry, nose tackle last year. Really kind of miscast. Five and a half sacks in 2019, only one sack last year. What do you remember about uh, the North Carolina State kid, Aleem McNeil? Wow. I wish you was on the other end of this and it would have heard you the way you were bouncing around, sound like a Chinese guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Technology's great when it works. Okay. How about I'm telling you, I got the worst Wi Fi in the history of life. <laughs> 
And then he disappears. He yeah. wasn't lying. He does have the he worst Wi-Fi. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to try to warn me. This is good. We we need a break. We need a couple second Whoa. break to recover. He's just firing stuff off. Whoa. I'm telling you, man. Jeez, Louise, Warren is the best, man. He wow. doesn't hold anything back. Yeah. So uh, not a fan of Christian Barmore. That's kind of newsworthy right there. Yeah. Um, and not just a, not just a fan of his game, but his inability to take direction, you know, and, and that's yeah. that's scary, man. I mean, that's. You know that's a big part of the evaluation that these guys are going to to make when they have the opportunity to meet these guys one on one and 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 have these visits and things like that. I'm not sure, Scott. What's the latest on teams having and being able to have um, you know one on one visits? And normally they can have like 30 visits per year or whatever it is pre draft. What's what's the latest or what have you heard as far as that's going as in terms of of the NFL right now? Well, I mean, they're going to be doing the Zoom visits. You know, that, that's that, that's really the thing. They're they're going to be, uh, you know, doing that that Zoom visit stuff uh, again this year. I, I don't think they're going to be having any, uh, you know, teams visit. I, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of uh, of the Zoom visits, especially since we're kind of getting back to some sort of normalcy. Uh, but, but you need to be, I mean, that's, he, he gave a perfect example of why you want to take that guy back on the field at one Buccaneer place, because there, you know, uh, there wasn't a combine this year and you're missing out on something that you want to, you want to know what type of direction you want Casey Rogers to work with this guy for a minute and, and see what kind of direction he's going to be able to take and, and handle. And, um, you know, and, and you can't do that really via zoom right you can't put up a whiteboard and and have him sketch stuff out the same way you could if you were doing it in person that's that's uh that's kind of that's gonna that's unfortunate i guess i guess yeah. at his pro day the pro days yep. and things like that are taking place uh currently right now florida state's pro day is going on or, or went on this morning and and um i'm not sure as far as alabama's pro day when it's going to be but uh or, or if, what barmore is going to do as far as participate in that uh, right. but i guess guess then all the teams will be able to kind of see you know, how he kind of takes direction. But the fact that they're going to miss out on some of that because of the COVID situation is really disappointing. Um, again, you don't want to make mistakes. And and, right. and again, you can, as Scott, as Sapp said before he met this guy, you know, and he's on Alabama and, you know, he thought he thought he was a baller. But, um, you know, the tape doesn't necessarily lie, but but there's little things, little intangibles that you want to know about guys. And it's hard to get that from a Zoom call, in other words. Yeah, it really is, you know, and and uh, it, it's we're trying to reconnect with Warren here. We're texting right now. He's he's he said he's got the worst Wi-Fi uh, in the world, and and obviously that's that's causing some issues today. But um, I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about uh, uh, um, uh, the Penn State kid. The name slips top of my head. Um, oh, Jason Owe. Owe. Yeah, who 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 is thought to be one of the most explosive edge rushers in this draft, right? And had zero sacks. I yeah. can't wait to hear what Warren Sapp had to say about this yeah, guy. He's one of the guys as well as some of those Miami guys. And if we can't get Warren Sapp back today, we'll try another day. Um, but we're having some technical issues on on Warren's side. But, but uh, you know, I, I think really what he was saying is out of the five guys that, that we sent him for the defensive tackles, and we knew this was not a good defensive tackle class, Mark. Right. I think that's why this team is trying – really hard to, to get in Dominica Sue back because sure there's really nobody 
in this draft it's, it's going to come in as a as a day one starter even Scott, if, they, they brought nacho back i mean again yeah. a guy that you know we thought hey, you know, they could live and die without i mean that's that's a very telling thing right there yeah. again we love nacho don't get me wrong right. but that the, by them bringing him back that that says a lot about what they feel this class sure. is upcoming yeah and you know you, you were just talking about getting to know these guys and doing you know visits in person and, and that's one thing at least we had the combine last year at least yeah at least they had some of these face-to-face meetings at the combine. We, you know, we had the Senior Bowl, um, but this year that's not the case. And and uh, there was a Senior Bowl, but obviously Jason Light wasn't there, Bruce Arians wasn't yeah. there because, because they're they're preparing for a Super Bowl um, run. And uh, and and thankfully the, they they cashed in. But in hindsight, Scott, they could have went to the Senior Bowl. They didn't need Bruce. I mean, the way that they whipped the Chiefs. I mean, they could have. Yeah. They beat them with one hand tied behind their back. Yeah, exactly. Might have been a little closer game, but yeah. Right. But the thing, though, is is when you get to know somebody, right, it's one thing to dominate college-level guards and all that stuff. It's another thing to to have, um, you know, an instance where where you you get to know somebody. Case in point, go back to to 2011 when the Buccaneers drafted Daquan Bowers, who was on a a lot of people's top five, top ten list. And he had the, the knee injury right before the draft, had the microfracture surgery, and that caused him to slide to the second round. The Buccaneers thought they were going to get a steal. They had Adrian right. Claiborne in the first round, and they got the other uh, pass-rushing defensive end in uh, in Daquan Bowers. And, and Mark, you, you look at this, the stats, and this is why it's kind of scary to to do any, any scouting off the stat sheet alone. Daquan Bowers at Clemson as a junior had 67 tackles, 26 tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks. He had an interception. He had a scoop and score, I think, off of like a, a blocked field goal. Um, he was an All-American. But, you know, when when Daquan Bowers got to the NFL, you can see why a lot of teams passed on him in the first round, even though he was coming off that injury, is because of of the person, because of, of the character. And, and he dominated, as you said, against – mediocre talent and when he got to the nfl he wasn't up to the challenge and you remember scott you and i were there when greg shiano said it greg shiano said daquan bowers loves to play on sundays but you win football games from monday to saturday and daquan didn't want to put that in that time in because and you know what up until that point he didn't have to scott he didn't have to he was a he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school he dominated youth league dominated high school football dominated clemson uh, but just wasn't able to do it at the NFL level. Uh, another example of of um, of somebody that that really um, you tell the story of Mike Jenkins, right? Uh, Long lost leisure. You can watch Daquan Powers playing the banjo at Southern Baptist this Sunday. I mean, he, he liked music. That's one. Of no, the you can watch him coach USF. He's an assistant right. coach with USF now. Hopefully, yep. he's not showing him any of his NFL tape to these kids. More of the college tape, I hope. Yeah, um, exactly. But Scott, you brought up a good point when we're talking about these drafts and how these in-person visits can change a tune. Remember Monty Kiffin and was it Mike Jenkins, the cornerback that fell asleep in a in a yeah. meeting? And Monty's like, "Nope, we're not drafting this guy." Was it yeah. was that right? Am I dreaming that? No, Tell you're, that story. you're exactly right. Uh, you know, he was one of the players that w- was brought in on on a local visit because, of course, USF plays at Raymond James Stadium right here in Tampa. And uh, as legend has it, he fell asleep. When when Monty Kiffin was going over the defense, when they had a, about you know a couple dozen players in there for the local visit, and uh, and and that made an impression on Monty Kiffin, not a good one. 
And Mike Jenkins ended up being, I think, a first-round pick for the Cowboys that year. Yeah. And, and Tampa Bay took him off the draft board uh, for the first round. I think they had a, a draftable grade on him. But, sure. But they, they did not want him in the first round. Then he went on to have a, an okay kind of nondescript NFL career. Um, but, you know, Daquan Bowers, I mean, this is a player drafted very high in the second round. Ended up with seven career sacks. Seven. He had one and a half in, in, uh, in, in his rookie season. Started six games, played in 16, um, had, you know, three sacks the next year and then one sack, one and a half, and then he was done. And he was done at the age of 25 because he didn't love the game. And yeah. and, and I'm just saying, it's like I, I, I've i never met Christian Barmore. Again, we didn't talk to him at the Combine because he wasn't at the Combine this year. Um, but when when you have a guy of the caliber of Warren Sapp, Hall of Famer, uh, a guy that, that – that is one of the the elite defensive tackles in NFL history. Take the time to go to uh, his his friend Yo Murphy's uh, camp here in Tampa. Spend some one on one time with Christian Barmore. And what did he say to you, Mark? It's like he wanted to see him throw the left hand and he threw the right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the stuff that that's why you have to to dig not just into the player but also the person. Yeah. And you know, and, and uh, you know, we had we had Levi Onzariki as as the Bucks pick at number thirty two, and you know, they still might end up uh, drafting him uh, maybe in the second round, maybe even in the first round, because it's so bad at defensive tackle that that maybe you have to reach a little bit to grab a guy, and and Onzariki uh, is kind of a toolsy guy with with some good feet. I think his hands are pretty good. He was miscast as as a nose tackle. He's really a three technique. I talked to Jimmy Lake, the Washington head coach, about him, and. You know, he raves about him. It's a shame we couldn't get Warren uh, back. I don't know that he's going to be joining us. Uh, we He's trying to reconnect on the computer, but not sure if it's going to happen. We'll, we'll try to get Warren back to talk about the edge rushers because he was going to talk about Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, Gregory uh, Rousseau, obviously playing at at uh, Miami, knows those guys very well, and as well as Joe Tryon, um, uh, Joseph Asai, and uh, Jason Oway, who's the other guy we had him look at here? Joe, oh, Ronnie Perkins. Ronnie Perkins and Ellerson Smith uh, from Oklahoma and Northern Iowa, respectively. So, but but the guy that he the guy that he really mentioned and thought there was something to work there was was Bobby Brown the third, right? The Texas A and M. Yeah, if you're looking for tackle. a nose tackle, and, and you know, he's, not first round, he said, but no, uh, this is yeah, he's he's a mid round guy, six four three twenty five, so he's got some size. And it, it didn't seem like he was really that high on Aline McNeil either. And you know no. what? If you watch Aline McNeil play last year at North Carolina State, uh, he, he again was, was playing nose tackle. And he can do it, but he flashed more in 2019 as a, as a three-tech where he got five and a half sacks. And uh, he only had one sack last year. Did have a pick six, though. He was a high school running back, Mark, very much like Vita Vea, but grew out of the position 6'2", 320. So he's he's got some tools to work with, and I think he's a player that's going to be in that second, third round. And again, you're going to see some defensive linemen, and you might even see Christian Barmore go in the first round, Mark, because this is not a good year for defensive. Yeah, tackle. yeah. I mean, so and, and teams one, you got to get one early and and overdraft the position. Yeah, and and I hope the Buccaneers don't do that. Not, I mean, look, if they evaluate Barmore as the 32nd best guy and he's on the board, and they take him. That's on them. That's fine. I don't, you know, whatever. That that's that's their deal. But uh, but I don't want them 
to overdraft a guy. That you know, yeah. I don't they don't need to do that because they don't have that glaring need weakness on this football team. John and I talked about it last week. If you want to pick one position, you could maybe say running back, right? You could solidify that room a little bit. And look, the Buccaneers have got to start thinking the future. Shaq Barrett's 28, going to be 29. JPP is probably on his last year. You know what I mean? They've right. got to be looking at, at, at guys. But again, you can't you can't overdraft and, and, and waste a pick just based on on need. The good news is there's not a ton of needs on this football team as far as immediate needs. Now, again, you got to be looking down the road. Bruce Arians might be here one more year, two more years. Jason Light hopes to be here another 15 or 20 years. I mean, he's not planning on going anywhere, so he doesn't want to leave the cupboard bare. He's not He's not going to just walk away into the sunset if they win another Super Bowl next year, as Bruce might. Uh, so they've got to be looking to the future. But but the Buccaneers don't need to overdraft a guy. I mean, if if, if they've got a third-round grade on Barmore, as, 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 as Sapp probably does, um, you know, stick to that. Stick to that and yeah. just take the best player available. Nice advantage to uh, – to uh and another thing being 32nd scott it's essentially a second round pick right it is yeah. when, when, it's so much pressure when you're the top 15 so much pressure when you get out of the top 15 it gets a little bit better when you get down 30 31 32 it's essentially a second round pick and you have flexibility to pick up more picks down the road because there is a team out there that'll want to move back up in that first round they always want to do that because then they can guarantee that fifth year option availability on a player yeah, matter of fact, you saw Mark Dominic do that with yep. Doug Martin at 2012. Yeah. Yep. And then the Baltimore Ravens did that to get Lamar Jackson with the 32nd pick. Yep. So there is some value there at number 32 for that reason. Whether it's that whether it's the Buccaneers sticking and picking at 32 and and getting that that player with the fifth year option. And and we, we saw the Buccaneers pick up the fifth year option. For O.J. Howard, who will be playing on, on that this year, later this this spring, you're going to see them pick up the fifth-year option on Vita Vea. That's a, yes. a rock-solid uh, certainty, and um, you know, so we'll we'll uh, we'll get a good feel for that. Um, also, wanted to to talk about one of our uh, amazing sponsors, Symbol, folks. If you haven't had a chance to check out Symbol, uh, th- this this is a really cool way to integrate. Stocks and fantasy sports. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the over 2,000 early adopters like myself who have already started to invest in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports, just a tap away, create a free account in seconds and start profiting from your sports knowledge. The Sim Bucks franchise value this week is $44. That's up from $37. And you can go to www.symbol.app backslash pewterreport.com. And when you sign up there, you're going to get a $10 bonus when you use the promo code pewterreport. So... I think you can buy the uh, I think you can buy the Jets for ten dollars a share right now. I think uh, you know maybe three dollars a share, something like that. You might be able to do that. You they might spent seventy five million dollars so far in free agency. I heard, um, yeah. Scott. You and I know this. That is not a way to build a football team. I mean, yes, yeah. if you can get Tom Brady as part of that twenty five or seventy five, but you don't you don't win 
football games in in March and free agency. The Buccaneers, Lord knows, they have tried over the years yeah. to do that. It's and you know you, you can kind of say that the Buccaneers did a little bit last year with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, but that's more the exception and not. And they, the- they were the complementary pieces to what they had already built through years yeah. of of really solid drafts. To be honest exactly. with you, I mean, let's let, let's take a look at this real quick, right on the offensive side. Uh, homegrown players, Donovan Smith, draft pick, Ali Marpet, Ronald Jones. You had uh, Alex, Kappa. Alex Kappa, right? Those were all draft picks from the Buccaneers. And let's not forget uh, a guy like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Yeah. Light's best draft pick to this day. OJ Howard. Wide receiver OJ Howard while he was playing. The, on the defensive side in the Super Bowl, it was even more homegrown on that side of the ball, Mark. The entire secondary, yeah. pretty much. We're talking about Antoine Winfield Jr. as a rookie, Mike Edwards, Jordan, Jordan Whitehead, White, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis III, Levante, Levante David, Devin, Devin White. White, Vita Vea, right? So we're, we're talking a whole bunch. I think that's eight guys we just mentioned on the defense. Scott, you missed Anthony Nelson. I did miss Your Anthony. Your favorite. John's favorite player, Anthony Nelson. Right, Anthony Nelson. So that's another one. So that, that that's what we're, we're we're looking at here is is yeah. it should be used and talking about free agency to supplement your roster, right? Like the Bucks did the first go around with the Brad Johnson in uh, in two thousand, and and then Simeon Rice a year later in two thousand one, uh, Greg Spires joining the team from Florida State. The University. Greg Spires, the crane, uh, uh, coming in along with the likes of, of, of left tackle Roman Oban and Kerry Jenkins at left guard and and Michael Pittman and Joe Jerevicious and Keenan McCardell, right? So those were those free agency guys and Ken Dilger and and Ricky Dudley. So, you know, those those are the players that that helped the Mike Allstotts, the Warren Saps, the Rondé Barbers. You you get into free agency when you screw up in the draft. And That's and you right. know what? Guess what? Um and you've got to redraft again and you set yourself back a little bit. You look at that 2016 draft, you know, no need to beat up Jason Light anymore because no one has beaten himself up more than than Jason yeah. Light himself for that draft. But um they had a lot of corrections to make. They had to bring some guys in and they had to uh you know, they had to sign uh, uh, um, you know, kickers, uh, yep. you know, like like Ryan Suckup this year to make up for an Roberto Aguayo pick, mm-hmm. uh, and and the next year, next couple of years, really completely rebuild that secondary um, after the Vernon Hargraves miscue. So, but but overall, you you don't build football teams and win. We can go to 2014, Lovey Smith's first year, Jason Light's first oh, yeah. year. They tried that with the Alteron Vernons, uh, Verners, the uh, Michael Johnsons, the Anthony Collins, the the Josh McCowns. Uh, Brandon Myers at tight end, I think, was that year as well. Yeah. The, the and, only guy uh, worth a damn from that class was Clint McDonald. He, yes. He was, was the least heralded guy. He big, actually ended up playing every like, yep. every year of his contract. Yep. So, But, uh, yeah, we see Chris Baker uh, getting mentioned. Deshaun there, there's been a lot of a lot of guys that 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 have have been bust for sure. Why? Uh, why let me let me stop you real quick. And we're going to you just mentioned Deshaun Jackson. A little off topic, Buccaneer wise. Why in the world would the Rams sign him when AB is out there? I mean, again, I get the 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 questionable character of Antonio Brown, but good lord, when you look at talent, ability, and his production, what AB is was able to do in eight games last year is more than Deshaun Jackson was able to do really here in Tampa Bay or 
uh, his last two years with the Eagles as well. I just yeah. that was kind of a shocker to me. If you're looking for a veteran speed, you know, guy, guy that can make some plays after the catch, I would have I would have thought that the Rams would have been all over that. But anyway. That's neither it's here nor there. The lure of the speed. The problem is at age, I think, 33 now, Deshaun Jackson, he, I mean, he gets hurt so often. I mean, he's just he, he's a shell yeah. of his former self. I think he's played an average of eight games over the last two or three years. So you're getting a part-time player, and and he's he's great when he's Re- healthy. Rem- remember the Bucks first touchdown. He's no good. Remember that Bucks first touchdown drive in the Super Bowl? Um, I don't know if it was third down, but it, but it was play action, and it was a high ball to Antonio Brown, and he went up and he made the catch for a first down. It was a it was a stop and go type yeah. route. Yeah. I thought to myself, not then, but when I was rewatching the game, I don't know why it popped in my head. I don't know that Deshaun Jackson makes that catch. I don't. I don't think he leaves his feet for that ball. I mean, that's just not what he did. We remember a game against the Carolina Panthers when the Buccaneers were trying to come back. Ryan Fitzpatrick had started that game. It was the flip flop between him and Winston, and um, it was you know it was a desperation throw. um, You know, trying to get ball shunt. He never even attempted to catch the ball. I mean, the defender looked like the receiver in that. Deshaun Jackson never even attempted. Anyway, I'll get off the Deshaun Jackson thing. Not a fan of Deshaun Jackson yeah. at all. Sorry. And listen, the thing is, is from what we understand, here's the latest news. The Bucks are trying to re-sign Adamica Sue. Yes. Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown. The price has to be right for those players to come back. And I think that those players, not getting an awful lot of play out there, maybe Leonard Fournette the most, but I, I think all three were going to realize this is kind of like reality week. This is free agency was last week. All the big deals are done. This is welcome back to reality week where the, the prices are a lot lower than you were hoping for and expecting. And that plays you know to the Buccaneers' hands. But the thing is, is Antonio Brown, when he was signed, Mark, he was signed uh, to be a, or I should say, an insurance policy. Yeah. An insurance policy, and uh, and Mark, if if we were going to tell our Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers where to go for insurance, where the hell would we send them? Well, you know where you're not going to go. You're not going to go to the big box stores, Scott. I like personal service, and that's what I love about Briar Greaves. Briar Greaves has handled my homeowner's insurance for probably going on ten years now. Briar Greaves has been a been in business for over thirty years. He insures. Some Buccaneer players has had coaches in the past. He's a huge Buccaneer fan. Him and his son, Sam, they do a tremendous job. But it's the personal service and attention that you're going to get at Briar Greaves that you're not going to get when you just call an 800 number from a television commercial, whether they're going to save you 15% or more. Listen, Briar Greaves, I told John this last week. He actually wrote a policy for a company. I believe it was out in Texas a couple weeks ago. He saved this company $15,000. Now, He's not probably going to save any of us listening right now $15,000 unless you have a large business and a large commercial fleet of vehicles. But even if he saves you $300 or $500 or $1,000 over the course of a year or two, all that money adds up. The great thing about Briar Reeves is all you got to do is call him up and let him compare. doesn't charge anything. You you fax over, you email, you scan, uh, you you, you beep him, whatever you want to do. Just send, send him over off. your policy. That's what you did, it's Scott. You sent him over what you currently had. He took a look at it and see, found you a better rate. I mean, yeah. that's exactly what Briar Greaves does. There's no obligation to do that. And there's nobody listening to this podcast right now that doesn't need some form of insurance. Even if you just rent your place, you need renter's insurance. It's relatively cheap. You can probably get a renter's policy for less than $200 a year. Call Briar Greaves. Maybe you need life insurance. Maybe you need uh 
uh, homeowner's insurance, maybe you need commercial business insurance, they can take care of you. Again, Briar Greaves has been in business for over 30 years. BriarGreavesInsurance.com, that is the place to go. You can reach them at 876-4166. That's area code 813-876-4166. Make sure to thank him for being a Pewter Report podcast sponsor. Good people. Even if you don't do business with them, you can talk some Buccaneer football. They're always eager to do that. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is we we enjoy talking Buccaneer football and uh, and some defensive tackle prospects with Warren Sapp. We're going to have him back on. He apologizes that uh, couldn't finish the podcast. The Wi-Fi signal from the start was giving him some issues. We got to send him to McDonald's or Panera. Remember, remember back in the day, Scott, when when our computers would go out, you and I would have to go down to a neighborhood Panera or sit in a parking lot. We sat in a parking lot in somewhere between Mobile, Alabama. And uh, in home, got up in the panhandle somewhere, and 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 use their Wi-Fi to put up stories one time because that's how dedicated we were. We're gonna have to send Warren out to a McDonald's, and even if he didn't go in, just sit in the parking lot and use their Wi-Fi. Got to be better than he had today. He'll be back, uh, hopefully, maybe later this week. We'll see what the, what his schedule is. Uh, but uh, I've done an, an interview with Warren Sapp that we'll have in this week's SRS Fab Five, where he touches on some different things. Uh, but he certainly touched on the defensive tackle class today, Mark said it wasn't very good, and boy, uh, kind of absolutely – He bet his social media career for a year. If Christian Barmore is a first-round draft pick after the evaluations happen, he won't tweet Facebook or Instagram for a full year. I don't yeah. know that he's going to be able to stick to that. Because well, and, and I'll tell you what, you know you know who, who might end up sacking uh, Warren Sapp's social media – is the Raiders. I've seen Barmore linked to the Raiders with his uh, good friend, John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Oh, Mike Mayock. Yes. And uh, so that they, they are one to watch there. Mayock but, loves to overdraft defensive tackles. I know. Well, yeah, you saw with defensive end Cleveland Farrell uh, yeah. fourth overall, the Buccaneers were like this trying so hard yes. to get Devin, Devin White. White yes. And they were afraid that Devin White was going to be selected fourth overall, a huge sigh of relief at one Buccaneer place. When the Raiders um, goofed, gaffed, uh, and ended up picking Cleveland Farrell, who's an okay guy, but he's not the fourth best player. Uh, certainly not the caliber of playmaker that Devin White is for this Buccaneer uh, defense. But uh, so, in a nutshell, Warren Sapp said uh, Christian Barmore, I, uh, let's face it, I mean, Christian Barmore got sacked by Warren Sapp today. Yes, Bucks. absolutely. And that's eye opening because there's a lot of of Buccaneer fans out there that have really warmed up to the idea of Barmore possibly being there at number 32 for the Buccaneers. Uh, but the, the, the only defensive tackle he liked out of the entire class was Levi Onzerike, but thought of him more as, as a third round pick, which really interestingly enough for the Buccaneers, if, if that draft analysis is spot on and listen, Warren Sapp's not, Perfect, right? He has his own favorites and stuff. There's some swings and misses. I don't think he was a huge fan of Miles Garrett coming out uh, of of the draft from Texas. He wasn't. He wasn't a huge fan of uh, Vita Vea, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Correct. Yeah, panned so, out pretty good. It's 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 just his his opinion, and everybody's got him. Uh, but this guy does know a thing or two about playing defensive tackle, and uh, he thought Anzarike, yeah. who is coached by Jimmy Lake out there at University of Washington and was in our latest Peter Report mock draft. Again, the next Peter Report mock draft drops tomorrow, Tuesday. So look for that around noon on PeterReport.com. We're shaking things up. We are. Oh, you're teasing us a little bit. You're going to give us any hints, anything? No, just that it's going to be different than the last one. It's going to be a defensive player at number 32 
for the Buccaneers. It's not going to be Christian Barmore, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and it's not going to be Levi Onzerike. So it's going to be a different defensive player. And uh, I think I think this one's going to this one's going to shake things up a little bit. Mark, you you were right on the money when you said uh, when you're picking 32, you really have to. You always hear this right from general managers and, and coaches. We're going to let the draft come to us at 32. Right. You have no choice but to let the draft. Yeah. Because you don't know who's going to be there. I've seen Zayvon Collins, you know, um, you know, who's who's a, a popular name. I've seen him go everywhere from the top ten to number thirty-two. He's the kid out of Tulsa, who's not really a, a full-on edge rusher. He's more of a of a of a kind of jack of all trades uh, linebacker, uh, off the ball linebacker. He can rush and blitz. He, I think, he's got the skill set and the size and athleticism, playmaking ability to be a fit in Todd Bowles. Uh, defense, and we've seen um, uh, Aziz Ojalari from Georgia be another fit. Is it going to be one of those guys? Is it going to be somebody else? We'll stay tuned to PeterReport.com tomorrow, Buck fans, because we're going to have a, a brand-new mock draft, seven rounds for the Buccaneers, including that six-round compensatory pick the team got. So it'll be a, a loaded mock draft. We have Mark Cook's uh, Peter Report Monday mailbag on the website right now. Uh, I love that that – creamsicle look out there mark you know as i was drinking this yes sickle heat orange uh flavored beverage of choice this morning yeah we were, we were looking at ronde barber and that that orange jersey what are your what are your thoughts i mean i think the league's gonna blink you're gonna do some research i do, I, I do think they're gonna blink scott and and, and the more i think about it is it's is one and i wrote about it is there's it's not just the buccaneers that are affected by this there's a number of teams including the patriots and this is a big revenue generator and it and it, and it does spark some excitement and nostalgia for these teams um i, I think i think they're going to blink on this i i don't i don't know that the rule makes a ton of sense scott i mean you get one helmet i get what they're trying to do if they're trying to eliminate lawsuits but i yep. get what they're trying to do they fit you with one helmet at the beginning of the year you have to wear the helmet all year what if for some reason there's a malfunction with that helmet? Do you just not get to play anymore? No, you get another helmet. And why can't they just fit two helmets, a, a pewter one and a white one? It's not that difficult, NFL, but sometimes they like to make things more difficult. I think they're going to blink. I really do. Um, Bruce Arians kind of spilled the beans on a little bit. Now, you got to remember, this was also last March when Bruce mentioned that. That was before the new uniforms. I don't know that there's as much of a clamoring from Buccaneer fans this year for a throwback as there would have been last year because they just hated those uniforms so much, right? So one less home game in those uniforms. But there's, yeah, you're, there's you're, you're, talk, you're talking about uh, where is it right there? The yeah, the old alarm uh, clock, alarm clock numbers on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I listen. It's a huge revenue generator for the NFL. Um, the Buccaneers do sell some 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 orange stuff, um, nostalgic stuff in their team store. There's some stuff available in the NFL website, but. But I'm talking, you're going to see a ton of number 12 orange jerseys, Tom yeah. Brady, who also is a big fan of that color. Not yeah. not just other people. I mean, he Brady has some orange TB12 shirts, you know? Yeah. He, I, it was Instagram or, or Twitter, one of the two. Uh, he was talking about, he's like, I got to play in these uniforms. And yeah. uh, it's interesting because when, um, when, when the Buccaneers in 2009, they, they had four straight years of playing the throwback game. They won the first one, believe it or not. Josh Freeman and the Buccaneers came back. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in 2009, only one of three wins that year for the Raheem Morris Buccaneers. But four straight years of playing in those throwback orange uh, creamsicle uniforms. And and then that that rule went into effect. So Lovey Smith didn't get the opportunity to. But do you know who the driving force was for that 
that game was Rondé Barber. That's what Warren Sapp said. Rondé mm. Barber was was the guy. They went to the Glaziers and said, "Hey, uh, I never got the chance to play in, in the in, in the throwback uniforms, the old uh, cream sickle uniforms, because he was drafted at '97." Right. So, and the funny thing is, Rondé Barber told me, uh, and I want to say probably around like '99 or 2000, he said, "Thank God I didn't get drafted." A year earlier, I would have had to play in those garish-looking uniforms, right? <laughs> so I got here right in time. I missed that. But then I think that kind of cool factor, a yeah. couple years removed from it, you then you wanted to go throwback, right? And so I think that's one thing Rondé Barber in his illustrious career wanted to do. So he was the driving force going to Brian Ford and the Lasers and getting the throwback game um, back in, in 2009. So interesting bit of tidbit there. So. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's good stuff. And and I yeah. hope they I hope they're able to do that again. I, you know, for me, being an old guy, you know, I grew up on that. I mean, I literally had the orange footy pajamas. I mean, there's a my my school picture from 1978. I'll I'll tweet it out after this. My school class picture. I'm wearing a Buccaneer Bruce T-shirt. This is 1978. So uh, I've got that nostalgic factor. I, I miss those uniforms. Certainly, I was one of the few people in 1997 when they revealed new uniforms that that probably cried. But anyway, I I do like the uniforms they currently have. They're very sharp. Well, and, and just just to kind of wrap up the 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 uniform talk here, they really can't paint the helmets for one week because no. these are they're coming from the factory with that type of paint. Right. Uh, and and yeah, they do put stickers on them. All those. Those uh, decals on the side of the helmet, uh, that's not a problem. And if you're a team like the Steelers or the Bears where that original helmet color is there, you can peel off the stickers and yeah. go throw back, et cetera. Uh, even the Denver Broncos have gotten away with that, Mark. It's, you know, that they had that, that Denver blue beforehand, and then they went to the darker blue when they went to the more streamlined horse. Yeah. On, got the big D and the, the horse blowing. Uh, smoke or snot, whatever it is out of its nose. Both. Um, yeah. But but my point is, is when they have gone throwback, they've had to do that with the darker helmet. So it's right. not, a match. not a true throwback. Right. right. But it just would look a little weird having a pewter helmet with the, the orange Buccaneer Bruce on the side of it. I think you have to go with the classic white helmet in order to do that. So, uh, again, we want to appreciate Warren Sapp joining us today to talk at least defensive tackles. We'll see if we can get him on. Uh, the podcast again soon to finish up the conversation and talk edge rushers because he did have something to say about those Miami guys, Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, Gregory Rousseau, as well as a couple of the edge rushers that we got him to take a look at. Too. I wanted to ask him uh, about Gerald McCoy. I know him and Gerald McCoy uh, were good friends yeah. up until up until he joined our podcast a couple years ago right. <laughs> when he ripped Gerald a new one. I don't know if they still talk, yeah. but I would just, I would be curious to see what his thoughts would have been. I was a question that I had written down that I was going to ask yeah. him, you know, about Gerald McCoy rejoining yeah. this football so team. We, we, we've had Warren Sapp on the podcast twice. He sacked Gerald McCoy the first time a couple Boy. years ago. Yeah. He sacked Christian Barmore today, the Alabama uh, supposed first round defensive line uh, prospect, defensive tackle prospect. So uh, we'll see if we can get him on. Let's see if Warren can sack one of the edge rushers yeah. uh, on the next edition of the Pew Report podcast. So for Mark Cook, I'm Scott Reynolds. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be back tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock. John Ledger will be on with me tomorrow talking Bucks free agency, as we'll see if Indomitian Sue, if Leonard Fournette, if Antonio Brown, if one of these guys or maybe all three get back in the fold as the Buccaneers look to repeat. So for Mark Cook, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow on another edition of 
the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.